Hunting isn't always easy. It's definitely not always comfortable. In fact, there are sometimes downright difficult hunts. And today we're going to talk about it. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. Hey, welcome back, guys. So... I was reading an article and thinking back on my latest hunt. The article was titled, Is There Such Thing as a Bad Hunt? It was on Go Hunt. And uh, I read the article and thought about my latest hunt, which definitely fell into the category that they were talking about here. And at the end of the day, the big takeaway I had was, there are difficult hunts, but difficult and bad are not the same thing. We've all had difficult times. They make you better in the end in a lot of cases. And I would say this hunt was no different. Was it difficult? Yeah, I mean, if I want to go into all the factors that made it difficult, I wasn't seeing many animals. That probably had a lot to do with the weather conditions. We were dealing with winds over 70 mile an hour gusts. I have never seen a tree come down in the woods until this weekend. I was sitting out there this last week, this last hunt I was on. But I remember the first day I was out there, I was glassing a ridge and I heard something that sounded like a tree breaking and then falling. And I was like, well, I mean, I know it happens, but I mean, it wasn't that bad a weather, was it? And I was moving position and about half hour, 45 minutes later, just walking, catch a really good gust, see some of the trees start moving. And all of a sudden, a big old pine tree, it was a little bit dead, but just snapped probably 50 yards from me. And you saw it bend, break, and then come down. And it was just like, holy cow, maybe this weather is a little worse than what I thought it was. So anyway, the wind, the rain we got, all that stuff probably added up to why it was more difficult to see animals. I mean, that being said, I I still don't think that's a reason to stay in and hide. I mean, get out there, get moving. With things like trees going down, I did actually see a deer that day. Um, She ran 35 yards in front of me. And she was running from a downed tree too. So could have been a shot opportunity. I just wasn't ready for it. The wind was gusty. I mean, really long story short, I just wasn't ready for it. Um, so yeah, the weather played a big role. That definitely did. But I mean, there was more to it. It was definitely cold. Um, unseasonably cold. It was down in the 20s, which for some people listening... That might not sound cold, but for those of us who hunt in Southern California, 20s is pretty cold for us. And obviously, as you get moving into a hunt and you get beyond day one, day two, day three, we all know the feeling. 
you start to get worn down. You start to get tired. It's just not as easy. You're not moving. Waking up in the morning is becoming more and more difficult, especially if it's not one of those things where you know where the animals are. Oh, I'm getting up. Oh, today's the day I'm going to get one. If it's been two, three days and you haven't seen anything, the motivation starts to wear on you. I mean, hunting is definitely a mental game. There's a lot of physical elements to it. You've got to be a good shot. You've got to practice with your weapons. You've got to do your scouting. You've got to figure out where the animals are. I get all that. But one of the big portions is what's in between your ears. That gray matter up there can make or break a lot of hunts. You can panic. You can give up. You can do a lot of crazy things based on what that gray matter tells you to do. Or you can persevere and say, hey, you know what? It's not that bad. I can keep pushing through. Hey, this tactic's not working. Maybe I'll shift. So it's all a mindset. It's all putting yourself into that positive frame of mind. And like I said, my last hunt was difficult. And I'm going to go over some of the things that I did to kind of change my mindset. Like I said, wasn't seeing many animals. It was hard. Hunting was difficult. So one of the first steps in my mind always is to recognize when you're starting to go downhill. When you start realizing that, hey, I'm getting a little negative here, that, that's a good sign. I mean, that means you have some introspection. You're, you're looking at yourself and you're saying, hey, I'm not in my right state of mind. I'm not probably making the best decisions. I'm kind of getting down and I'm, you know, for the reality is you're losing sight of the big picture. The big picture is you're out there, you're hunting, you're having a great time, you're enjoying nature. Everything else is gravy. So when you put it in those terms, well, then you don't have to worry so much about the whole, oh, I'm not seeing as many animals. Well, maybe I'm not seeing as many animals I'm after. Maybe I'm seeing a ton of wildlife, though. Maybe, you know, reframe it. Have a different mindset going in. So, like I said, step one, realize that you're getting out of that mindset, out of that aggressive mindset. You're starting to kind of falter in your brain. Once you do that, the next big step is always to slow down. I, I've never heard of anybody not getting the animal because they slowed down too much. Now, rushing and making mistakes, yep, yep, that happens a lot. But slowing down figuring out the next right thing to do and doing that instead of just acting blindly. Yeah, that's going to, that's going to get you results. So slow down, settle down, make sure you think your brain can put you into a bad state of mind, but just as easily you can control your brain. That's yours to control and you can put yourself back into a good state of mind. So, I mean, rationalize everything. That's the next part here. So you've recognized, you understand that you need to slow down. One thing I like to do then is I like to rationalize it. I recognize in my brain that I feel like I am not seeing enough animals. I feel like this is not going well. There's nothing sub or objective about that. That's a completely subjective feeling. So why am I feeling that way? 
am I feeling that way because I'm physically beat up? Am I feeling that way because the weather is bad and it's just kind of a miserable hunt? Am I feeling that way because, hey, there really aren't many animals here? Do I need to readjust my expectations? Were my expectations too high going in? That's a great question. I mean, it's one of the things I see a lot of with today's like hunting media. You see all these huge animals getting shot. But the reality is for the majority of us that hunt public land and only public land or over-the-counter tags, these animals aren't a reality. Sometimes they exist, but they're very much the exception, not the rule. So if your expectation is set on the TV show you were watching that had manicured and high-fenced areas or even just thousands of acres of private property, but you're going out and you're doing an over-the-counter hunt in one of the heaviest hunted places in the country, you're going to have to readjust your expectations. What they have in the private property there is not what you're dealing with. So if you, you know, you're watching people shoot 180 inch whitetails on TV, but you're going to go and you're going to hunt the North woods of Wisconsin or Minnesota on a public land tag. Can deer get that big on public land? Yes. And there are people who shoot those. But remember, those deer are few and far between, and the people who do get those, they're putting in the work, generally speaking. They're putting in the work to find those animals. They're, they're working all year long for that one shot. If you're not putting in that time and you're like, hey, I just want a buck or something like that, that's fine. But adjust your expectations. Because a lot of times, I think, we start with this grand plan, this great idea. This is this is what's going to happen. And that's awesome. And I'm all for goals. You should always have a goal going into the hunt. But don't let that grand plan, if it's not going your way, turn it into negativity and let you start yourself start spiraling. That's how you end up giving up on a hunt. That's how, I mean, and if you give up on the hunt, you're not going to get anything. So adjust your expectations. Make sure you had good expectations going in or realistic expectations going in. The other thing I like to do is focus on the process and kind of embrace a stoic mindset. When you start feeling yourself going down, I like the, the philosophy of the challenge is the way. You don't learn from an easy hunt. We talked about that before. What you learn from is you learn from trying things that aren't working or tweaking things that did work or just observing. The hard hunts are where you actually learn about yourself, about your gear, about the animals. That's, I mean, that's a learning experience. The challenge is part of the experience. Enjoy it. Enjoy the process. When I was in the military, we used to always use the phrase, embrace the suck. And I think it's entirely applicable anytime you're talking about hunting. You're spending a lot of time outside. Um, sometimes, especially in bad weather, it really is not what would be classically defined as fun. I mean, I enjoy every minute of it. I would never trade 
anything for it. But most people probably look at you like you got a third eyeball on your forehead or something when you're sitting here and you're going, yeah, it was blowing at, you know, 70 miles an hour. It was 35 degrees out and raining. And I actually had a tree come down around me. And you know what? I just can't wait to go back and do it again. They probably look at you like there's something seriously wrong with your mental state. It's, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It sounds kind of masochistic when you think about it. But the thing is, the suck is part of it. Those bad times are what make you really enjoy those wonderful, you know, 50 degree sunny afternoons where the sun's just starting to set and the animals are moving and the wind is calm and it's just like just a matter of minutes you know until you get your shot opportunity you know it's coming everything's perfect and it's just even if you don't it's just a great way to watch the sunset and just enjoy nature and watch everything run around by you i mean those are why those hard days that's what makes you enjoy those those great days the other thing that you can really do is what i do is just to keep my brain straight myself for like i've been doing this for close to a year now and i found that it really really helps is i have my own meditation practice and um, i incorporate what's called wim hof breathing so go ahead i'll, I'll link to it to his website that describes it but what it really does is it really focuses on bringing you into the moment and into what you're doing right now. Because a lot of times, at least for me, a lot of times the negativity doesn't start from the hunt itself. It might start with, hey, I'm kind of cold. Hey, this is kind of miserable. I'm not seeing stuff. But then it spirals into what I have to do at home, what I have to do at work, what I have, what I have, what I have. And what happens is you get out of the moment. You get out of what you're actually doing right now. And you're not focusing on that. And what instead, what you're focusing on is all your problems at once. And when you start doing that, it's real easy for those all to snowball into one big problem that starts bringing you down. And I find that meditation especially helps you solve that. It helps you bring back Okay, I'm going to focus on my breath for a second. Okay, what am I doing right now in this moment? And when you do that, those problems at home disappear because you're not there. There's literally nothing I can do about those right now. The problems at work, same thing. I don't have cell service out here. Even if I wanted to do something about it, even if I came up with this great plan, there's nothing I can do. So let it go. It's not going to help me here. Focus in on what I'm doing right now. And sometimes that in and of itself is just enough to be like, oh, well, the only problem is I'm not seeing why. Because I'm hunting on the windward side of the hill when it's a storm. Well, maybe I need to move to the leeward side because this is windy and this sucks. And if I were a deer, I'd want to be out of the wind. Problem solved. Okay. So then the last thing that I always like to do it, it all kind of ties together, is look at the strategy you're using. If spot and stalk is your strategy and the weather has closed in and it's, it's really not going to get, you know, let up. You're looking around and you're like, it's been cloudy, windy, rainy. I can't see, you know, fog is set in. I can't see more than 100 yards. 
Well, in that case, you may have come in with this great grand plan for spot and stalk, had a good idea of where animals were going to be, and maybe the wind displaced them. So change strategies. Grab a ground blind. Grab your tree stand. Set up an ambush, just a makeshift ground blind. Go find fresh sign and set up. Get the wind right and do change to an ambush. Find fresh sign and start still hunting, but change strategies. Clearly what you have or what your plan was, the weather has dictated is not going to be effective. Well, don't keep bashing your head against the wall. Switch. Throw in, you know, call an audible and change it up. And when you do that, it's going to put you back into a better state of mind because now you have the momentum again. You're no longer sitting here going, man, just this weather sucks. I can't see anything. Nothing's, nothing's moving. Okay, you're right. Nothing's moving. That, that's, that's a fair statement. Or you can't see more than 100 yards. 100% agree with you. But you don't have to shoot 100 yards. You don't have to see 100 yards. Maybe you can find a spot out of the wind where they are moving, where there's fresh sign. Set up an ambush at 20 yards. That's entirely possible. So change it up. Do something that could work. It may not be your favorite way of hunting, but at least you're doing something where it gives you a possibility of being successful. So before next time, I really encourage everybody to think about the whole meditation, think about the whole Wim Hof breathing, and, and really, you know, before you go into your next hunt, and right now, plan for those days where you're going to have that rough point in your hunt, where you're going to get down on yourselves mentally. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you plan for it and you know it could come, it's going to make it way easier for you when it's time to overcome it in the field. So think about that. And before next time, plan to get out of your own head when you're in the field hunting. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond Hunter Ed Podcast. And as always, if you have questions, please email us at questions at beyondhuntered.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.beyondhuntered.com. Thank you.